Welcome in to the Triple Play Fantasy Football Show. Let's roll. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back. Welcome in to another episode of the Triple Play Fantasy Football Show brought to you by Fantasy Points Media Group. Fantasy playoffs coming up. Use code Triple Play 22 for 10% off the Fantasy Points website. They call it investing for a reason. Spend money to make money. They got <laughs> you some of the brightest minds in the industry. The rankings that are going to help you so you're not fiddling around Thursday. Saturday, Sunday morning. But with that being said, D-Mendy gone. Sean not here. It's just me and the Brad Stradamus. Brad, how's it going? That's how we do it, man. It's going to make for a perfect show. Yeah, it's just going to be me and you bantering. Uh, Hopefully we get some comments in the YouTube channel. But Brad, the regular season wrapped up. I know you didn't make playoffs in at least one league. How'd you do in the rest of them? Wow. Wow. You didn't have to put me on bus like that. Um, unfortunately it was like that for all of my leagues. The only league that I made the playoffs in was Scott Fishbowl. Funny enough, I had awful injury luck everywhere. Oh man. You know, that's the thing about fantasy is you can draft a really good team and the injuries just aren't kind to you. And and sometimes it's relative to draft position, but you brought up the Scott Fishbowl and, uh, I want to give, what are some updates on the triple play team? I'll give a disclaimer. I was at 184th going into the Sunday night game. I thought I was safe. And then I didn't have anyone playing. Mac Jones pooped to the bed. So I am out. I'm Kramer from Seinfeld. I'm out. I think you, I think you, you might have made it. Oh, update me if yeah. I did. Yeah, you made it. You're 685. I'm 685. I thought the top 500 advanced. That's next week. Ooh, so I'm still in it. You're still in it, my dude. Woo! All right, what about the updates on the rest of the team? So we got Jacob Dunn. He is the highest-ranked Triple Play Fantasy member. He's at 11th overall right now, Um, 20 points above the cut line. He's killing it. Um, We have you. You made it. Uh, John Van Etten. Let's Seven. And then we got David, who is now at 256. Ooh. So we got all our people in it. It's David. It's David and Jacob who are really running things right now, but but we're still in it. It was rough. I had a I had Kyler Murray and um David Carr as my quarterbacks, and Carr got me negative and Kyler is out for the season now. So I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to stream like Mike Mike White and Tyler Huntley or something this week. It's gonna be rough. And Tyler Huntley probably isn't playing. We're going third string quarterback. And next week is as David mentions a big cut next week from a thousand to five hundred people. 
Um, yes, and we were talking about it last week. Is the barometer of success for triple play if one of us gets in the semifinals? I think more. So David should get in the semifinals. Jacob should get in the semifinals. And if you or I have a big week, or Johnny, really, if either one of us have a big week, we could all make it. So I think it's – I really like how they're doing it where, you know, you have the – the average score for the season and then plus whatever your week was. And then they, they just shrink it up from there. So um, I, I like that strategy where it gives you, it gives you a little love for having a grab. Yeah. It's, it's the longevity. It's a, it's a larger sample size than just the, the record resetting from that. But uh, you know, we're talking about the Scott fishbowl playoffs, which have been here the last couple of weeks, but the regular playoffs are here for most leagues. You know, it's, it's week 15. I think most leagues are the standard weeks 15 to 17. And, you know, I, we do have the waiver wire show that runs Monday night. Zach at FF Chalupa Batman does a, a great job doing it. But that was actually before yesterday's games where there's just a slew of injuries. So, Brett, you know, even from yesterday's game and, and from Sunday's games, who are some guys that you're looking to add this week? So for me, yeah, I, I mentioned how my Scott Fishbowl went, and it's it's pretty much I'm looking good everywhere except for quarterback. Um, in a league where incompletions count against you, David Carr really isn't doing much for me. It's Derek Carr. I have to say it. Uh, that was your second yeah, time. Sorry, sorry, Derek Carr. Derek Carr, the less the less handsome Carr brother. But uh, yeah, it's 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 going to be quarterback for me. Um, I think. You look at a guy like Colt McCoy or Anthony Brown, you know, somebody who Colt McCoy, at least, you know, he's a veteran in this league. You know, he's going to get you that the ball out quickly. He's going to get some think and dunk completions. And then he does have those, you know, big play threats and and uh, DeAndre Hopkins and Hollywood Brown. So I and of course, Greg Dortch, who constantly wins David money. So uh, I I like Colt McCoy a lot. He's had some rough starts in the past with Kyler out earlier this season, but I think with you know the, the you dedication like him at Denver to this week, I do, I do. Now Denver is a terrible matchup for every quarterback, but I think with Kyler Murray out, they can actually start to tailor the offense towards Colt's Colt. Brad doesn't realize that he cut out while going on a, a rant about how Colt McCoy is a good quarterback. That's probably why I cut out is because it wouldn't let you finish with that bad advice there. <laughs> I'm back now. Back now. And he, he goes on mute again. It doesn't want him to talk about Colt McCoy. Um, I, I put a waiver video out this week um, and, and talking about Pierre Strong because he wasn't talked about on the waiver wire show. But Damian Harris has missed two games with a thigh injury. It was. It happened on the the Thursday night game, Thanksgiving against Minnesota. Um, he was spotted in crutches. Ramondre Stevenson. The injury looked really nasty to begin with. Then came back, caught three passes right away, which I think is interesting. Three straight targets for an injured running back, and he's out. And the Patriots are seven and six. And uh, I think Pierre Strong is going to get more of the workload than Kevin Harris. Um, Damian Pierce today also. Uh, has a high ankle sprain out one to three weeks. If you're the Texans, you're probably not rushing him back. So he could be out the rest of the regular season, which means you look at, um, you know, you look at Marlon back, you look at uh, Rex Burkhead. Uh, 
So I, I think now is the point where you just have to look for opportunities for starters. You know, if, if, if a team, you know, and I hate saying this about the, the Giants as well, but, you know, Saquon has a neck issue. He played 31% of the snaps last week. So you're looking at a Gary Brightwell or you're looking at a Matt Breida in deeper leagues, or you're maybe stashing them if Saquon gets hurt and doesn't play week 16, week 17. That's a good point. And I, I also want to bring up the fact that, you know, if you're going to look at a handcuff running back like a, a Donovan Knight or a Samaj P. Ryan, those are guys that can sneakily get you 10 points. And at, at this point in the season, you know, if you're on the waiver wire looking for somebody to stream or start, 10 points out of a, a position player is something you, you definitely might want to take a look at. And I, I harped on this a lot, Brad, and, and I want to hear your thoughts on it because there's a popular – you know, everybody overthinks their lineup. They put on Twitter Sunday morning and they say, you know, who do I cut? You know, D- David does this all the time where he says, hey, give me your question Sunday morning. And he gets 50 plus responses every week because I think other people want to tell them what to do or to to, co- to confirm what they're looking for. Some people say start your studs. You know, if you drafted Joe Mixon in the first round, you're playing him this week. You're not worried about him playing the Bucks run defense or Samaj P. Ryan cutting into his workload. But on the contrarian side, you look at the RB1s and twos in the fantasy playoff last year were Rashad Penny and Devin Singletary, people that weren't drafted highly or at all. And those were guys that won you your league if you started them, you know, over kind of those studs. So what's your philosophy when we get to this point? Do you go who's hot? Do you go start your studs? Do you go matchup based? So for me, you know, being a DFS player has completely shifted the way I look at fantasy sports and it's made me completely matchup based. You know, I I was kind of talking him up earlier, like a, a Colt McCoy where, you know, he was coming up, up against the Denver Broncos defense. It's like, that's not really a matchup you want to target in most in most matchups. You know, if you look at what he just did to, what the defense, the Denver Broncos defense just did to Patrick Mahomes. And it's like, you know, I, it, the only, the only time when I would go with a start your studs is if I'm looking at two bad matchups. If it's two bad matchups, if I'm choosing between two two players and they both have bad matchups, go with the stud, obviously. Otherwise, I think you make a great point where it's like there's people that can win you a league, and it's because of who they're playing. Like your name doesn't get you points; it's your matchup. It's, it's who it's it's you know who has the best opportunity to get you fantasy points, and in a lot of situations, it's not a stud, especially you know when you get closer to the the end of the season and, you know, you get closer to the championship and, you know, guys might be out like an Eagles team, for instance, they only have one loss in the season. Maybe they start resting guys. Maybe you're looking at a Kenneth Gainwell or a Boston Scott at running back later in the season. If you're in the playoffs still at that point. So it's, it's, it's all about matchups to me. And I think star your studs can, it can get you in some trouble. I wish there was a golden rule for fantasy. I think this is probably the biggest, the biggest thing that people debate on is is what do you do, especially come playoff time? Because, you know, during the regular season, you you can have a buffer, you can have winning streaks, and that that will buy you a couple bad weeks. But, like, you know, you you bench the wrong guy and your season's over. And, and you know, you could have a really bad first round of the playoffs and then second and third round your team kills it. And it's like, oh, man, why, why didn't I just do that? I, I think one of the popular things I've heard of is, you know, if you bench a certain player and he goes off, are you going to be more mad than if you started the other guy? You know, at the end of the day, if you play for fun, if you play for money, uh, if you play for bragging rights, you have to decide exactly, um, 
you know, how you're comfortable sleeping at night. So as much as we can give advice and other people can give advice on who to start to sit, I think you got to roll with your gut. I think that's that's the the takeaway that I'd give just in terms of strategy. I will say that, you know, that's a that's great advice. And I will say there are some players that are simply matchup proof. Like it doesn't matter who Justin Jefferson is going up against, you know, in any matchup, he can get you 100 yards plus. No, we just saw him get 200 yards plus. The guy's, you know, 500 yards away from breaking Calvin Johnson's record. Like it, it just doesn't matter with some guys. And I, I think in that case, that's a start your studs. But if you're going up against, you know, an upper tier quarterback who's not, you know, QB one, huge rushing upside, then I think you want to start thinking about what are the best matchups for me? Do I have an upgrade here? The the one thing I want to talk about strategy also, because, you know, a lot of teams do where there's six teams in and the top two get a bye. I think it's as good as blocking players. If you have fab left and you see someone like a Pierre Strong as a free agent and you've noticed someone that you might play in the second round um, is weak at running back, I think you need to foreshadow that. And, you know, once again, sometimes the best, you know, the best offense is good defense. And even if you're not going to play the 49ers fan, what did you say? Spoken like a a 49ers fan. It is spoken like a true 49ers fan. It is spoken like a true 49ers fan. So just being a little bit preventative, if you see, you know, uh, if there's a defense out next week that you think has a good matchup, like personally, I'm streaming some Dolphins. I know that they haven't been good recently, but I think if Jordan Love starts, it could be a little bit shaky um and I, I think once they're the packers are eliminated they have no ro- no reason to start rogers so you know just being a little bit more proactive than reactive on that you, you give a buy this week you got to be thinking week 16 week 17 um but you know with that being said we've talked a- go ahead brad i, I couldn't agree more I, especially you know at this stage in the in the season like if you have extra fab left and your team you feel comfortable with your team you know, you can't take them with you. You might as well use it. So that's when you wanna you wanna do that extra work. You wanna start your start your work maybe earlier in the week when a lot of people wait till you know the weekend to, to make their their plays. Like at the playoffs, it's one and done. Use all the use all the tools you can. Go see what the matchups are. Go go get defenses off the waiver wire so your opponents can't have them. Go get running backs off the waiver wire, quarterback, whatever it may be. You can't take the fat points with you. You got to spend them. There's some, you know, people that get uh, fancy and take fab with them when they're eliminated. I compare it to going under the speed limit when you pass a speed camera. You don't get bonus points for it. Just, just obey, use it all, whatever, whatever analogies. Now, Brad, we're talking a lot about the actual playoffs itself, but one of the things, and I think what's really great about fantasy football is the formats have evolved over the years. And I think, for people that do dynasty, there is no off season, you know, even, even when they're, and I know some do trade deadlines, but you know, before the draft, there's a lot of trading, um, you know, after the the regular season is over, people are always kind of gauging value of buy lows and sell highs. So from a dynasty perspective, who are some guys that you're looking at, whether you are buying low or selling high on their value? Yeah. So for me, it's always, Running backs and receivers that I want to target for the first-year player draft, not only are those the the most scarce positions in fantasy, but also, you know, when you look at who's going to make an impact 
in their rookie year, it tends to be the running backs or the wide receivers. The quarterbacks tend to get shells, and maybe it takes a year or two for them to develop, or they start in the middle of the year with a bad situation like a Kenny Pickett. But um, so mainly it's, it's the running backs and wide receivers that I look at. Um, somebody like a, a Bijan Robinson who might go, you know, first overall in, in your dynasty draft this upcoming year because he's such a, a can't-miss project. He can do everything. He can, he can catch. He can run. He's shifty. He's got power. He's one of those do-everything backs where, you know, in a league where we don't see running backs taken in the first round anymore, he might go top five. So that's he's the type the type of talent I'd be looking at. I try to stay away from the the quarterbacks who make big jumps um, during the draft process. You know, Zach Wilson was somebody that I I hadn't heard of until you know time for mock draft time last year, and all of a sudden he's a you know a top two pick. And then for this year, it's looking like Will Levis is that guy for me. Like I I heard of him at Kentucky. Um, I, I know he's got talent, but he that offense was completely built around Chris Rodriguez in that run game. So for Will Levis to somehow be getting that shine above Chris Rodriguez, it raises alarm bells for me. It, it, it makes people just think about, you know, attributes and size and what a player could project to be as opposed to what we've seen him do. And um, I, I think it makes a lot of sense to shy away from, you know, some of the hype you see in the draft process and go with the actual production you saw on the field. A guy like a Zonovan Knight, a guy like a Brees Hall, a guy like a, a, a Bijan Robinson, guys who you've seen produce, those are the guys you should trust in and draft. No, I, I agree with you. Um, you know, you're, you're coming from the rookie perspective. And I yeah. think, you know, the, the way, and it's interesting you brought up quarterbacks because a guy that, I, and I play in one dynasty league that I'm looking to buy low on is Russell Wilson. And and I'm gonna eat mm, the L. I had Russell Wilson as I had Russell Wilson as my QB three before the season started. I expected him to have a great year, and I think even people that were uh, bearish on Russell Wilson didn't expect the year that was happening that was going to happen. But Denver is committed to him financially for the next six seven years. Um, you know his his like dead cap hit is like over a hundred million next year. So they're not going. They're not going to get rid of him. They're most certainly getting rid of Nathaniel Hackett. I think. That's been part of the problem. They're most likely going to have Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy. They did sign Tim Patrick to an extension uh, before the season started, and Tim Patrick tore his ACL, so he'll get another weapon. And I think one of the things, you know, the, the Broncos have a championship-level defense, and I know that they don't have their first-round pick this year, that they gave it to Seattle, and that will be a high pick. That means they'll have a high pick in the following rounds, and I would bet my money that they invest a lot, whether it's free agency, whether it's in the draft, and getting protection for him. So I think for Russell Wilson, this is as low as his stock can go. He is a multiple-time pro bowler. I mean, he was a – if he if his career continued the way that it was, it was going to be a Hall of Fame career. If he – with some of the longevity, with some of the accolades. And at 34, you know, quarterbacks can play until their late 30s, their 40s. They're 45 if they're Tom Brady. So Russell Wilson's a guy that – I think in, in a dynasty league, you can probably acquire cheap and just his reputation too. People just love to to dig at him. And I think that that takes down his value when, when people poke fun at a person, I think it, it cuts into the, the performance versus the off the field optics, you know, with the high knee raises and people, the, people aren't proud to roster Russell Wilson 
when you see the antics that he's doing. Um, and then from a sell high, I know Saquon is going to be a free agent and that's another L I'm eating this year, but I, I think he's had a, he's had a really good year. And now we're kind of saying towards the later part of the season, his body breaking down, you know, CMC has popped up on the injury report. I, both of these injury prone labeled running backs have gotten a lot of carries and have done really well this year, but that's sometimes when you capital, when you want to capitalize, you know, the, the concept of buy low, sell high, um, you know, I, I think it's it's pertinent to these situations. Let me uh, let me give you a hypothetical. I'd be okay. curious to see what you would think about this since you're a 49ers fan. So say you're somebody like me who has Trey Lance and Dynasty and was excited to, to roll them out. Should I trade Trey Lance to whoever has Jimmy G or Brock Purdy? Or should no. I hold on to him? No. I, it, here's my thing about trading Trey Lance. If you got a really good offer and then, you know, that's, that's, you know, everybody has their, everybody has their own opinions of what they think a good offer is. I would want multiple picks. Yeah. And, and I would want someone, I would want someone that I could contend with now. Like I I would want someone like a Jared Goff and a first and plus, because here's the thing we've seen what a quarterback can do in the system. We can, you know, Brock Purdy didn't look this good at, at Iowa State. And I don't even watch college football. And I, what I just saw on Twitter, nobody was talking about that he was this good. And in Kyle I, Shanahan's... I looked pretty high on Brock Purdy. Okay. Well, that you should be on Twitter being more vocal about it then. Yeah, yeah. Um, but as, we can, as we've seen, anybody can look good in a Shanahan system. And I don't think they rush him back. Like, I, I, I talked about this with someone on Twitter the other day. And I said... I wouldn't even say it's a guarantee he's back for week one. If there's any doubt that he's not a hundred percent, he's, he's played four career games or he's had four career starts. They don't want to rush him back. So they're going to make sure he's a hundred percent and mobility is a big part of his game. And I, I think they're going to want to make sure that, that he doesn't do that, you know, but at the same point, he is coming off a serious injury. If, if you don't think that his mobility will be the same and that you can get some value, you know, you got to roll with that. It's it's a tough situation, but I do think I think Jimmy G's gone after this year unless he takes a huge pay cut. I think they feel confident now with Purdy as their backup, or maybe they get someone you know at a cheap level. But I think Trey Lance is going to be their future. So you don't even think that Purdy is going to be a starter? Like you, that's not even entered your mind because when I see Purdy, I see somebody who gets the ball out quick, who gets it out accurately. And he plays energy and intensity and can move a little bit like that. He does everything that Jimmy G does pretty much just as well without the the downside of the, the interceptions here and there. I think the, it's a two game sample, so it's I you know the the scenario where Brock Purdy starts week one is Trey Lance isn't ready slash medically cleared slash has a setback and Jimmy G gets a bigger deal in free agency and wants to cash in. If you got like a two-year 40 mil, three-year 47, 49ers won't match that. So my thing is, like, if I'm Shanahan, I've never seen Trey Lance have a single game that's been better than anything that Brock Purdy has done over these past two games. He brings a different dynamic because he can run. But Brock Purdy is doing everything that the 49ers want. I mean, look, Trey- at, they, 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 benched, they benched Brock Purdy in the last eight minutes of the game like he was a starter, like like he doesn't need reps. Well, because they can't afford another QB injury. 
They can't afford exactly. another QB. But that's what you would do. But that's what you would do to a starter. Like he needs all the reps he can get. If, so if they like most people would think that. So that shows how high they think of him, and just you know how high the team thinks of him. So I, I think your, there's a legitimate chance he could start. So to your point about Trey Lance hasn't looked the part in in these starts. We'll look at the the most recent game where he got injured against Seattle week two. They were driving down the field. They were on the 20 in their first drive. The week before that, week one, it's a snowstorm in Chicago. And last year, um, I believe both games, he didn't have George Kittle. They didn't have Trent Williams. And Trey Lance didn't have Christian McCaffrey. And that that's where Brock Purdy threw one of his touchdowns was McCaffrey was lined up wide, and he ran a great double move. And so I, I think – Trey Lance's ceiling is higher with all these weapons. I'm okay with Purdy as a backup, and I liked him more than Jimmy G for the mobility aspect. I think in a Shanahan offense, if you have a statue quarterback, that that kind of limits what we can do with RPOs. But we're speaking of 49ers here. They play on Thursday. So let's do a little uh, props. And uh, Brad, do you want to give the disclaimer? Yes. Um Make sure that if you're betting, you're only doing it for fun. Triple Play Fantasy does not endorse any betting at all. And if you do bet, make sure it's only something that you can afford to lose. We don't want you having any gambling problems, betting your house, not being able to afford the mortgage or the rent, anything like that. Make sure to bet responsibly. Well said, Brad. And and I'm pulling up DraftKings on here because uh, FanDuel, uh, three or four weeks being legal into Maryland, still hasn't unlocked my account. Um, so FanDuel is negative in my eyes. And we look at this Thursday's game, 49ers, Seahawks. 49ers are favored by three and a half, uh, the over under at 43 and a half. So Brad, what do you like on here? I think this could be, I don't know. I mean, the 49ers over definitely feels good to me. What's the team, what's the team prop for them? Okay, so if we look at the team, oh, the team props, it's top right. Team props yeah. on here. Um, the Seahawks have here, a terrible defense. The 49ers team over is 23 and a half. I'm smashing that. Really? I mean, it's, it's three touchdowns and a field goal against the Seahawks defense that will literally let anyone through. It's very poor. It's like they're going to let anyone score, especially you know Christian McCaffrey. Um, especially Brandon Ayuk, who's having an incredible year. Brock Purdy getting the ball out quick with no Debo Samuel. I think they'll use more George Kittle. Um, George Kittle hasn't been used but for like two or three games all season. Um, he's been used as a run blocker because they have so many weapons on the run game. But with Debo out, I could see them doing a lot of, a lot more passing. Um, I'm going to take the under for the, the 49ers. I would take the unders for the team. 49ers are playing on a short week. Brock, Brock Purdy did get banged up, which is probably why they took him out with eight minutes left. Um, the the Seattle is typically a place where San Francisco has struggled, uh, and I know a lot has been because of Russell Wilson, but they just have, besides the Week 17 win that they had uh, to win the division when Drake Greenlaw um, stopped Will Disley half a yard short, that's, I think, been their first, one of their only wins in the last decade there. And uh, I think there's going to be more film on Brock Purdy. I think that they're going to send him some looks that he hasn't seen. Debo is out this week also. So I'm, I'm putting the under on that. Um, part, of, part of me is a, 
Part of me as a pessimist 49ers fan just thinks the Seahawks yeah. will cover three and a yeah, half. I, but do you so like any team? With, with the way that the 49ers defense has been playing, which was to me probably the best in the league, maybe behind maybe behind Denver, but if, if they are behind Denver, it's not it's not by much. Um I think that if you're if you're if you're feeling the under on the 49ers team prop, I think it's safe to to lay a lot of units down on the, the under for the entire game because I don't see Geno Smith or that running game getting very loose against the defense. I agree. I agree. Let's look at some touchdown scores here, and I just have to vent for a little bit because I did Brock Purdy first touchdown at plus 3,500 on Sunday, and he got the second Oof. touchdown. Oof. Um, so – yeah, I, I would have been a little bit richer. Um, but Brad, well, 3,500 is good numbers, though. Um, so <laughs> looking at this, I like George Kittle a lot, but not for plus 200. I would like him for a bit higher odds. These are tough. I think Christian McCaffrey is a safe bet to get an anytime touchdown, but minus 145 isn't a lot of juice. Brandon Ayuk, I feel pretty good about that, but plus 130 isn't a lot either. Um, yeah, these Thursday night ones, there's not a lot of good juice on them. No, there's not. I'd see I if Tony Jones is at like plus one thousand, I might sprinkle a little bit on it. Tony Jones is at plus four fifty. Like that's terrible. That's I that's that's not enough for me. So as a 49ers fan, um and, and these once again aren't the best odds, but if you're looking for a little bit more sneaky play or if you can find better odds, I like Jordan Mason to get a touchdown. He's plus two fifty here. He's looked really good, really good. Um, and the 49ers, if they win this game, they win the division. So let's say they have a 14-point lead in the fourth quarter. There's a good chance they bench McCaffrey, and if they're driving the ball down, Jordan Mason is probably going to be uh, who's leading the backfield. So maybe he gets like a fourth-quarter touchdown there. And I like the value on Charlie Warner at plus 1,400. He's the backup tight end. Ross Dwelly is more of a blocking but we don't really know what they're going to deploy with Debo out. And I think what they're going to do is they're going to have more two tight end sets to protect block Purdy. And George Kittle is one of the best blocking tight ends. So I wouldn't be surprised if they had George Kittle block and Charlie Warner go out for passes. I don't think teams would anticipate that. And, you know, a lot of times they focus on the best players. So he's somebody that could sneak open and Brock Purdy isn't afraid to throw a deep ball. I Which I'm not say, saying Charlie you know, Warner is, but they, they've dialed yeah. him up a couple times deep this year. I will say, you know, you mentioned the garbage time situation. I could definitely see Marcus, Marquise Goodwin getting a touchdown. Um, I think he's like plus plus 350. Um, he's probably the one I'd be most comfortable with, with for the longest sides on this plate. Okay. So we'll, we'll have to make a note of this. We, uh, we're. If only we had our obscure tight end touchdown counter or something that we did last week, but um, yeah, I think we can all agree go go 49ers this game. Um, but that that about does it. We're at the 31 minute mark. Uh, Brad, great show you and I. Before we get out of here, anything you want to plug? Yes, um, you can catch me on with uh, NFL articles every week on Fantrax HQ, as well as NBA articles for Prop Bets. On Fantrax HQ, um, I also do a player of the week on their Instagram page. And you can always catch us at uh, Triple Play Fantasy YouTube channel. We're always dropping content. 
Uh, Doc's been doing the most recently with all these great waiver wire videos. Make sure to keep up on that. Yeah, the, the waiver wire videos will probably stop once the fantasy football season ends, but uh, we have a lot of great content coming out, baseball, basketball. We'll probably do some draft stuff as well for the NFL. So, But D-Mendy will be back next week. You won't hear my voice as much. But for the triple play crew, good luck in the playoffs week 15. And we're going to haul these buns. Or no, we're going to make like a bread truck and haul these buns. <laughs> now it's for you, David. Steve.